You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Friday edition. We've got Thursday Night Football from Week 5 Rams over the Seahawks 26-17. How did that happen? And we've got some more games to preview and make picks for on this Week 5 slate for Sunday, Sunday night, and Monday night football. Maybe check in on our Run Your Pool Survivor League as well. One of us is still alive in that league. Over half are out, though. Uh, at BD Peacock on Twitter, at Williamson in FL. Matt, let's start a little bit of Thursday night football. The kickoff for week five here, which was an NFC West battle. The Rams rebounding uh, after a loss to the Cardinals last week. They improved to 4-1 and one now on the season, beating the Seahawks, who fall to 2-3 and three on the year. Um, obviously, right away, the big thing here was Russell Wilson and his finger, right? Because uh, as, as good as Geno Smith looked, in relief of Russell Wilson, to be honest, didn't look a lot different until that final pick, which really killed him. But he, he almost brought him back in this game and uh, made for an exciting little wrinkle at the end. But obviously, without Russell Wilson, this Seahawks team could be in trouble. They could be in huge trouble. I mean, they're, this is a bad loss. The loss of Wilson compounds it massively. Uh, we've had to do this a few times lately, but we're recording this around noon on Friday uh, just before we hit record, I heard that they're going to do one more test and this could require surgery. Um, I guess when people listen to this, they'll probably have that answer by now. So maybe he, if, you know, if, if it isn't a surgery thing, maybe he plays in Pittsburgh next week with a nice long week to heal, but it sure didn't look good. And I really think this team, with all respect to how Geno Smith played last night, I mean, they're a bottom six or seven team in the league without Wilson. It's scary. Yeah, it, it is scary. And who knows how they, I mean, obviously there was all the jokes about letting Gino cook and all of that. And he didn't look bad in this game in a small sample, but obviously you don't expect that to be the case sure. throughout the, the whole season. Um, a lot, a lot more punting in this game, like a, a lot to do with punting in this game than I expected. I thought it would be a higher scoring game, even, um, you know, before Russell Wilson left with that injury. And by the way, that injury, just seeing the finger, at the very end, his fingertip going the wrong direction uh, is like that's one of those things. It's just like, Ugh. and you got to throw a football like that's something that's a, a pretty big deal for a quarterback. I mean, I can't believe if he plays next week that he throws the ball, you know, as well as he usually does. I mean, at a minimum, he's going to be compromised. And seeing it all bendy, and he's just like, oh, I'm just oh. going to move my finger around. Oh, that's. <laughs> Football players deal with a lot of stuff that we don't really realize pain-wise. Uh, they he's they, never missed a game, and he's tough as the day is long. Yeah. Man, if you can't throw the ball, I mean, you're not much use to us. Uh, on the other side, how did you feel about Matthew Stafford in this game? I, I felt um, like— A couple things. Yeah, a it, it, little hero ballish, but then in the end ended up hitting his guys Woods and Cup over the middle, you know, targeting him 24 times too. So, uh, I don't know. So we sort of had mixed a mixed review of Stafford in this game. Yeah, I mean, like, if you look at the stat line, he's like, boy, he was 25 for 37 for 365 and three touchdowns. But I didn't think he played great. And, frankly, I thought he struggled a little bit last week as well. There might be injuries going on with him that we don't quite know about. And I know he hurt, you know, I think his hand in this game as well. I think similarly, uh, yeah, had a, a yeah, hand or yeah. finger injury, just like Russell Wilson, not as severe, obviously. So I'm excusing him a little bit. I mean, it's been two weeks in a row where he just hasn't looked quite the same. Um, and then that pick in the back of the end zone to his buddy Diggs, 
I mean, Diggs came out of nowhere, but you got to throw that away. I think this game would have been a lot different if he doesn't do that. I mean, that took points off the board at a minimum, maybe a touchdown off the board. That was a bad choice or, you know, a, a lazy, you know, taking things for granted move where he should have thrown it in the seats. Um, I thought he played okay, not great. I just thought the Rams were the much better team. Neither team rushed the passer particularly well. I'm not very impressed with Seattle's defense. It's very vanilla, very high percentage zone, a lot of too high safeties. And, you know, they just found matchups they liked. In this game, of course, it was Woods, which I guess isn't a shock. We didn't think that he was going to be outclassed by Cooper Cup by leaps and bounds from start to finish for the season. Um, big day for DK Metcalf, which I thought was noticeable as well. Henderson and the Rams running game was better than Seattle's running game. I thought their quarterback was slightly better. I thought their receivers were slightly better. Their defense was noticeably better. Um, this was close for a while, though. Seattle's in a bad place. I mean, two and three in that division with a potentially injured quarterback, this could be not their year. It doesn't seem like it's lining up to be the Seahawks' year right now. Defensively, they've got problems. Some, some of the, the biggest holes they've had on that defense – in a while. I don't think this was um, Jamal Adams' best game either. No. I do, I do like the the Diggs. He's had a couple of interceptions this year where uh, he's a really good player. And I think one of the more underrated players around the league uh, as a free safety. So I do want to. Yes. And when I was talking with uh, Corbin Smith of Locked on Seahawks, and, and we talk a lot within the division here, obviously, because I cover the 49ers as well here on the network. Um, he said one of the most important players on that team is Quandre Diggs. And, you know, there's mm. obviously Bobby Wagner on defense and Jamal Adams and a bunch of other players and Russell Wilson. Uh, but I just don't think people around the league know how good Quandre Diggs is and how important he is to that Seattle defense. Yeah, he's a good guy to, to bring up because he, he did have that interception where he came flying from nowhere. I remember when they traded for him, and I'm like, the Lions like, got nothing for this guy. They gave him away. High-quality safety. That trade never added up to me. I think that was a Patricia move. Didn't fit my scheme. Get him out of here. You know, bullheaded. Um, he's a very good player. I mean, you're right. I mean, their, their defense is not loaded with him. I'm sure that anonymity of his Lions years doesn't help his, you know, his, the way people view him, the yep. casual fan. But he's a really good player. Deshaun Jackson making a big play. Seems like he has, you know, kind of one play per week, and that's all they need yeah. is just a, a few sporadic big plays in that offense from Matthew Stafford and the Rams. I think the Rams are, are, are kind of looking like the Rams, and um, offensively, defensively, they're going to be fine, and they're going to be a, a team that can beat just about any team on any given week. But they're not um, they're not without their own warts, too. So they're not just going to be this straight-up juggernaut. When they beat the Bucks, it was like, oh, no, is this Rams team just going to run away with this thing? Is this team that good? I don't know if they're at that level, but they're a really good football team, obviously. And yeah. You can't screw around and lose your starting quarterback against them. My last note here on this game is that DK Metcalf is awesome, and you got to target him more than five <laughs> times. Yeah, uh, that's a great note that I can't dispute one bit. Um I, I not, not that I'm Nostradamus, but I, I picked the Rams this game, made a couple bucks on it. And but I, I do give them credit. I mean, I was worried super short week going into Seattle is a tough chore. And for them to walk away from that yep. at five and one or four and one, my apologies, with the where are we at here? They go to the Giants, Lions, Texans, Titans are their next four before Oof. they meet your Niners. I mean, 
Wow. I mean, they could be eight and one when they go play the Niners. The Rams are in good shape. Very likely to be eight and one, I think, yeah. when they go face those 49ers in the middle of November to have one loss is a pretty good situation to be in. And, it, and what's looking like it's going to be a very tough division, even if Seattle falls out of this thing. We'll find out what's going on with Russell Wilson. It's going to be a big storyline as we go into. Uh, the week six schedule here in the NFL, and uh, hopefully for those Seahawks, you don't want to see a star player like Russell Wilson out for for very long. Yeah, and, and is this the second week in a row we've had divisional battles galore in the West? I think so, huh? Yeah, well, uh, yeah. That last week it was Niners Seahawks, and it was the Cardinals beating the Rams, and so yeah, uh, this week another big week. one. And look for for either the Seahawks or the Forty ers if the Cardinals win this game, two and three to be three games behind already in the West, it, it's uh, it suddenly becomes a, a two-team race with the Rams and the Cards in the West here. And it's kind of too yeah. early to say that for a team that's only one game under five hundred. but you don't want to be three back already after five games. Right, and your team and the Seahawks, as it stands noon on Friday, have some quarterback uncertainty. Absolutely. Let's get into that quarterback uncertainty with the 49ers and Cardinals next. Some of the late Sunday games, Sunday night football and Monday night football previews and picks coming up. Such a fun month for sports with the NBA and NHL starting back up, Major League Baseball playoffs, and of course, NFL college football in full swing. And you can get in on all of that action at betonline.ag. And using promo code LOCKEDON, you can get a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football, and you can even play your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season at BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports sign up today to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit use promo code locked on that's promo code locked on at bet online where the game starts you know matt it's a little bit of a bummer that you left in week one from the peacock and williamson survivor pool those uh like those stinking jaguars I don't, I don't 20 straight losses that was uh, it's it's looking ballsier and ballsier <laughs> with that jaguars pick for you in week one every week that passes now Dumber and dumber. <laughs> well, look, um, you're not alone because we have now 105 of our over 200 entries have been eliminated. So of the folks that actually, hold on, let me double check. I don't think I checked it after. I the probably should have played along for fun, you know, and not counted and just at least made a pick every Friday. Yeah, you, you could have made a pick every week. And I, I feel like I don't want to tell the listeners this week who might, because I feel like every team that I pick gets picked extra. And I think you might have led some down that Jaguars path because I think about 20 <laughs> entries went out in week one with the Jaguars because I think maybe sometimes we do a good job of um, of making our case. And listeners are like, yeah, these guys know what they're talking about. Uh, that's a good idea. Um, so last week I told everybody I picked the Bills and that was the most popular team. But, you know, a lot of folks went out with the Saints and Titans, about 33, 31 entries. I think we lost last week with the Titans and the Saints. So um, this week is going to be a, a fun one. It doesn't look like there was any choices from Thursday Night Football. So we didn't lose anybody on Thursday Night Football. But this is going to be a more interesting week and we could lose a lot of folks. And we've only got 86 entries left. So over half of the survivor pool is now out, and we but we haven't had that big that big one where just boom half the pool disappears in one game, and we'll see if we get that this week. But I'm going to keep my pick close to the vest and let you guys know who it was on Monday if I survive. 
Okay. Um, maybe I'm a little too aggressive of holding my aces and kings in my hand late for survivor pool as shown by my week one pick, but one I would consider here without using big dogs would be the Vikings. Ooh, I like against that. Detroit. Yeah, Amen. Vikings against Detroit. Yeah, you, you, uh, if you're not picking the the big dog teams, you start picking opponents, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh, not not to go into too much detail, but that has absolutely been one of my strategies here. Maybe people might be able to figure out figure out who my pick is this week too. I see, I see. <laughs> um, all right, let's see here. Where are we? Oh yeah, and a shout out to Mister Controversy himself, who's been listening to our podcast faithfully and filling out all of our picks. We were keeping track of our own picks last year. Remember, we were picking the six pack with uh, Chris Raybon yeah, of the yeah. Action Network, okay. and that was a lot of fun picking that. And we did really we did pretty well last week. We were or last year we were over five hundred. We were in the money. All three of us were UI and Chris Raybon in the end. Um, we, we had a bad week in week three with our picks, Matt, against the spread, but rebounded, especially me. I had my worst week of the season. I only I was 4-12 and 12 against the spread in week three. Came back against the spread 9-6-1, and one. so feeling a lot better about that. And uh, outright picks for us last week, we were 11-5 and five and 10-6, and six, so we're doing much better now. So I, I feel better about ourselves after our week four. And shout out to Mr. Controversy for keeping track of that every single week. Without question. That's a nice little boost to the – um, the housekeeping and the, uh, the accounting by him. I appreciate that great deal. That's awesome. Absolutely. Hey, more of you out there could step up and help the cause. <laughs> I mean, he's making them. the rest of the listeners look bad. Let's be honest. Right, right. I mean, the rest of you should learn from this guy. 49ers Cardinals in Arizona. The only unbeaten left in the NFL right now is those Cardinals who had a statement game against the Rams last week. The 49ers lost to the Seahawks, who uh, and it seems like the 49ers, now that you look at their schedule at two and two, uh, their two wins are against the Lions and the Eagles. Then the Seahawks look, you know, not great and have a lot of holes and they lost to them last week. It's almost a flimsy two and two record. Like the, the, I think the 49ers come into this game with quarterback uncertainty against the leagues only unbeaten on the road. Five and a half point underdogs. Actually, that line moved now from five and a half yesterday. It's five. Hmm. Ah, th- this is a tough one for me because I don't have a ton of confidence in where the 49ers are right now what what and maybe i'm a little too close to it what is your thoughts on this game and sometimes with division opponents you can throw the records out uh this is a tough one for me actually sunday yeah this is a tough one for me too Um, i mean because i think the niners are a good football team a well-coached team um but i think their corner depth against arizona's wealth of wide receivers they Mm -hmm. use is a problem um, you know, they're, they're going to find somebody to their liking, whether it's Kirk or Moore or Green or whoever this week. I mean, they always do. And I don't think the Niners offer enough resistance there. But I'm going to take the points with Arizona to win on this notion that you give your boy Shanahan all week to game plan an offense totally around Lance, I assume. I mean, he's going to be the starter, I'm sure. And no one's seen that really on tape yet. I mean, how does Arizona prepare for that? I mean, San Fran's next opponent would be in better shape, but I think that there's going to be some things that they don't adjust well to or have the proper checks on defense and the Niners exploit it, win the time possession battle, keep it close. 
There's a lot of folks that wanted Trey Lance to start anyway over Jimmy Garoppolo, and it's clear, and Kyle Shanahan has said, Jimmy's the one and Trey Lance is the two, period, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've kind of thought in the back of my mind, man, if Jimmy can go, he's definitely going to play in this game, but he hasn't practiced yet this week. We'll find out what the, the Friday afternoon practice report is. You know, If he shows up on Saturday or Sunday and feels good enough to go, I think it's even worse for the 49ers not being able to practice all week because a healthy Jimmy G, okay, wins a lot of games, but uh, if he's got a bad calf then I think the difference even with the downside of of, you know it could be a disaster game for a rookie quarterback like Trey Lance against a good team that could absolutely happen but the upside there and you don't have a fully healthy Jimmy Garoppolo I think it's about 90 percent that it's going to be Trey Lance but at this point you just got to go Lance he's practiced all week game plan for him and and give your division opponent a tough time who hasn't had a chance to see a full game of Trey Lance yet I think that's the way you have to go with an injured Jimmy Garoppolo so hopefully that is the way it goes for the 49ers in this game and 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 you nailed it exactly it's what I thought I liked it better at five Five and a half. Take those points for the 49ers. I've kind of got a three-point win here for the Cardinals, but I I feel like the 49ers are good enough to keep this game at least close, even if they do lose. So to me, it's Cardinals straight up. Take the points for the Niners. Yeah, my last little nugget is, I mean, they've probably been practicing Lance stuff all week, you know, not Jimmy stuff. And I'm, I know there's some overlap. I mean, even... When Mac Jones and Cam Newton were together, I mean, they ran some of the same plays, but it's very different if you have a different style quarterback in there. So I think I'm with you that I would start Lance basically no matter what at this point. Um, Just athletically, I do like the Isaiah Simmons, Zayvon Collins ability to run with Lance and, and handle him just from an athletic standpoint. That's going to be huge. We saw Buda Baker yeah. get Jimmy Garoppolo in the past, and, and that's where Jimmy is. Uh, tends to have troubles he'll because he's so condensed as a passer really likes to hit the middle of the field Kyle Shanahan likes to game plan for stuff in the middle of the field you know so uh, he, he can get jumped and he got jumped by Diggs last week he's gotten hit with linebackers in the past on the backside of plays he doesn't see he expects something to be there post snap and it's not there Buda Baker's gotten Jimmy G before I think with a pick six last year but they destroyed rookie Isaiah Simmons. He looked like he did not belong in the league last year, but he is much better this year. So that's going to be a fun battle over the middle of the field with Kittle and running backs coming out of the backfield and Debo Samuel versus those uh, young linebackers for the Cardinals and Buda Baker. So that that's a fun matchup there. And then on the other side, the the cornerback stuff hasn't hurt the 49ers yet this year, but this is the game where it really could just because of the depth. And I think you nailed that, yeah. Matt. Yeah, I would expect a lot of four receiver sets. Let's move it along to another afternoon game here where the Bears face the Raiders. And and, and it, I think we're at that point now, right? All the rookie quarterbacks are now starters, at least for the time being. If Trey Lance does start this week and Matt Nagy finally relented and it is Justin Fields' show now in Chicago, as it should be. And you know what's funny? Did, did you see this quote during the week when, they were, when uh, a reporter asked, Justin Fields about being the Bears starting quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years and he's like I don't I know if we're going to all be on this planet in the next 10 to 15 years and do you remember pre-draft <laughs> when Kyle Shanahan talking about his quarterbacks and they were asking him if he knew exactly what was going to happen Sunday and he says I don't know if we're all going to be alive Sunday maybe there was some symmetry between Justin Fields and, and Kyle Shanahan that Kyle Shanahan missed on there in the draft when he went with Trey Lance instead this pandemic scared people that much that they're you know, you know can't plan for next week. Um, <laughs> isn't it funny though? I mean, I always use the Blake Bortles example. The Jags go to the podium, they shock the world by taking Blake Bortles third or fourth overall, and immediately say, 
he's going to sit the whole year. He's not ready, you know. By week two, he's a starter for the Jags. Yeah. And we know how that went. <laughs> and here it is, week five. We have one game a week five in the books, and every first-round quarterback is now the starter. Maybe not the starter in San Francisco, but is starting the game on Sunday. You know, like, it's so inevitable. I don't care who, what ne- next year's class is. People are going to tell me that th- next year's class isn't as good as this one. Well, if they use the first-round pick on the quarterback, he's going to start by Halloween for sure. Especially if you're drafting first half of the draft, top 10 in the draft. If you're drafting yeah. late, then you might have a, an Aaron Rodgers situation where you've got a good quarterback and the young guy has to wait a little bit. True. But if you're drafting top three, that rookie's going to play. Yeah, I mean, really top half, like you said. Right. If you're not a playoff team, and the Bears, who we're about to get to, were a playoff team, you'd kind of forget that part. I think they're in trouble against Vegas. <sighs> five and a half points. I this I, I want this game this line to be bigger because I want to pick the Bears as I did last week. I I am I, a believer in Justin Fields. I think that disaster game. I think he's turned a corner as some of the other rookie quarterbacks have. I don't believe in the Raiders defense enough that they're just you know you can't play against them type of a defense. I think there's right. holes for Justin Fields to hit on the back end with uh with, with his superpower is that ability down the field to be super accurate and hit the big play. Darnell Mooney's having a nice little research, a year under him and, and almost overtaken as the number one just because I think of that ability over Allen Robinson there. But that being said, um, that this line isn't big enough to scare me off of the Raiders at home against a rookie quarterback in the Bears that obviously have a lot of holes too. So uh, reluctantly, I have to give up those five and a half points here and take the Raiders. I actually reconsidered as you were chatting there. I am going to take the Raiders to win, but I'm going to take the points in the Khalil Mack revenge game. You know, I mean, oh, I, I, I didn't think of that angle. You know just what? Now. Why did we not think of the Khalil Mack revenge game? <laughs> That's worth at least two points, right? That's something. He's going to make a play. And I think that Bears D is pretty darn good. But I think the Raiders don't have a whole lot of problems on offense. I don't know who their running backs are anymore. I'm not sure if they know who their running backs are. I don't think it matters. Anymore. I don't know if it matters, right? I think it's pretty um, clear that Jacobs isn't the difference maker they no. had hoped, and we all thought he might be. Uh, Peyton Barber runs fine, runs hard. I don't think it's a problem if Barber's in there, and I don't think it's scary for another team that Jacobs is in there. So, to, right, be, to be right, honest, maybe. I don't think it really changes things for me. Uh, the Raiders coming back to earth a little bit last week, but you know it was it was against a good team, so. This is going to be a fun one for me, but uh, you've got to go Vegas straight up for sure. The Khalil Mack angle makes me want to rethink that, but uh, I'm going to stick with it and and, uh, and go with the Raiders because they're just playing better okay. overall football. The last two notes I want to mention that favor Chicago and why I'm going to go there. Actually, this is the Williamson hate bowl. These are the two teams I was destroying That's all true. season. And so I can't make anyone happy with this one. Um, I do think Montgomery not being in there kind of matters for a rookie quarterback, but the guys that are going to play are, are decent, and I know running backs aren't a big deal, yada, yada. Um, but Vegas's defense and team in general has a lot of injuries. I mean, they have corner injuries. I think the Dockway's fighting something. And I think Bill Lazor as the play caller really is a difference for Chicago. So I think they keep it close. Fields make some plays. Could be a fun one when it's all said and done. This could be a fun game. I'm definitely going to tune into this one as much as I can. I've got to be locked into the 49ers as well. So it's always mm-hmm. it's always tough in that afternoon window to channel surf with these games. Um, I do want to say for your fantasy football, take a flyer on Khalil Herbert, the sixth round running back for the Bears with Montgomery yeah. out for the next what month and a half or so. 
sneaky, sneaky little shot. player. You know, you, you, I always have that one roster spot, two roster spots at the end of my fantasy football roster to filter in and out guys like that. And uh, he's, a, he's a good little player, and I think he might be able to make an impact for your fantasy team. You know, one of those players that you just never think about, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, man, Khalil Herbert, and it's too late to pick him up on the waiver wire. So pick him up before he is a hot commodity on the waiver wire. Yeah, now he's one injury away from being an every week fantasy starter. Yes, you know? exactly. Yeah, and might take more of the load than people expect coming into this game too. Agreed, agreed. No, I like the player. I own him like every dynasty league. I took him yep. as a late pick, and same yeah, here. I'm very happy about it. Browns at Chargers next. We've got Giants, Cowboys, uh, Bills, Chiefs, and Colts, Ravens coming up. There are always interesting new flavors at Built.com. I love when I get a package of Built Bars because they're delicious. They are high in protein. They are low in calorie. They are low in sugar, and they're a perfect snack on the go. If you skip breakfast, which I do often, just grab a Built Bar when you're walking out the door. Need to fuel a workout. Double chocolate, coconut, coconut, almond. I'm always surprised by it, but there's a lot of coconut lovers out there. So if you're one of them, apparently the coconut flavor is the way to go for you. But yeah, I always lean toward the peanut butter brownie, which is only 180 calories, 19 grams of protein in that one, and only 5 grams of sugar. Raspberry Built Bar, only 130 calories with 17 grams of protein and only 4 grams of sugar. Go find your favorite flavor of Built Bars at Built.com. And get 15% off with promo code LOCKED15. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. This afternoon, uh, ch- channel surfing is going to be tough. Browns Chargers is a fantastic one. We've got six combined wins here. Three and one. Browns at three and one. Chargers at home. The Chargers are favored by two. I think they should be favored at home. Are they favored by enough at home, Matt? Well, their home doesn't matter. I mean, their home's going to be a lot of brown and orange. I, I'm sure of it. I, I, if they had some kind of home field advantage, it would sure be nice to, you know, for the betting world to back them. So I'm calling this basically a neutral game. Um, for those who remember yesterday, I had the Chargers ahead of the Browns on the power ranks, not as high as you had them, which was a little surprising. And I'm a little envious of how gutsy you were on the, the Charger train. <laughs> Because I'm with you. I mean, I think both these defenses are really, really good. And I would lean towards the under in this game more than anything if I had to put money on it. But I think Herbert versus Baker right now is real gap. And I guess it came out Mayfield's fighting something, which would add up. But I still don't think that he's anywhere close to Herbert as a player. That alone for me is enough to lay the points. I'm going to lay the points. There's one matchup that scares me, and that is a rookie left tackle against Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett has wrecked a couple of games. He's playing at a super high level right now, and that could be frightening, and that could be enough to sway this in a game that could be a close one, but I'm going to stick with my Chargers. You only had the Chargers once, but you had them 7-8, and right, in your power rankings? I Chargers and Browns. So. They were ahead of them, but not by leaps and bounds. Yeah, yeah. I think it was only one spot for you. And I, I've got the chart. I think I have the Browns in around the same spot, bottom half of the uh, uh, top 10. And Chargers are my number three team right now. So I've got to kind of take yeah. the Chargers. I think they can win this one by a field goal. So I'm giving up those two points, but it's going to be a fantastic game here. I'm just a real believer in Brandon Staley every time I hear him speak. Uh, and one of the things that I love oh, that he said that football coaches never say, and I, I, I want to amplify it from the mountaintops when he said this week that you don't have to be a good running team and you don't have to be running the ball well and, quote-unquote, establishing the run 
for play action to work. And I think that is so huge. And like Brandon Staley gets it on every level, offensively and defensively, and I love it. And he said that doesn't mean you don't have to run the ball and have a good running game and be physical, but it doesn't affect play action at all. And I see that all the time, people talking about, oh, you got to run the ball well, then play action works. doesn't matter. Yes, it's funny you brought that up because I did that this morning because I was listening to a podcast that Greg Gosell mentioned in the post-game press conference, Staley had a great little conversation about the running game. And, you know, Greg even mentioned, it'll take you two seconds to find it on YouTube. It took me two seconds to find it on YouTube. And it was so well said of what the running game is. I urge everyone to check that out mm-hmm. because basically just says physicality in the NFL matters. And he's like the most analytically driven guy in the world. So those of you that don't think the running game matters, the, he realizes, and he is so smart to your point, that if you just make the defense take on a block and tackle a running back, that takes something out of them, you know, and, yes. and if it's one less play, your quarterback has to be Superman, you know, like that in itself has extreme value with the running game. And he also mentioned the play action stuff that you did, which all the numbers back it up. You don't have to be a great running team to be a, a play action juggernaut. Uh, the other note for this game, 47 points. I'm taking the under. I feel like this is an under game. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think both these defenses are really good. Yeah. Giants at Cowboys. The one and three Giants showing some signs of life at the three and one Cowboys who uh, are are trying to prove that they're an upper echelon team in the NFL when I thought maybe they were going to be a middling team coming into the season. I still have some questions about the defensive side of the ball, but this has to be Cowboys. The question is, how many points do you give up for the Cowboys at home here? And the line is set at seven points. Yeah, the Giants were a team I was hoping to bet on, and I don't love this situation, but I'll still take the seven. People don't realize this, and I didn't see it coming, but Daniel Jones, the Giants line, Dallas's defense, all those things don't stink like we assumed they would. You know, like they're playing pretty well, even though we thought they were going to be major problem areas for their team. Meanwhile, Dallas's offense is superb. When you talk about that running game and that physicality, they can do that better than anyone and Dak's a stud. And I think the Giants' D will get better, but that's been the kind of the disappointing unit a little bit. I still think that the, the you know, uh, Tony and Galladay and Barkley and those guys can keep this game close, but I think Dallas is a true contender. Yeah, I got to give up the points and take Dallas here, and I okay. think they can score enough to where seven points doesn't look as much as it would in another game that might be a little, um, a little more defensive and maybe a lower score that's harder to get to that total. I think they can absolutely win this game by a touchdown, and um, I don't think the Giants are just a, an opponent that you roll over and they're a lay down and die opponent, but just in Dallas. With the weapons they have, I don't think the Giants can keep up. So I'll give up those seven points to take the Cowboys. I hear you. Matt Williamson's one and two Sunday night football. The three and one Bills at the two and two Chiefs. Let me ask it to you this way. If the Chiefs beat the Bills, both teams are three and two. And there might be a team in the NFL that's undefeated. Will they still be one and two in Matt Williamson's power rankings, even though they got two more losses than some other teams in the league? It's a difficult conversation. I would have to see how the week plays out, but re- make a note. Okay. Remind me Tuesday who I would have one and two if I were to do power ranks. We can just okay. keep, leave it there. I mean, the Rams won, you know, so they're still they, – they didn't hurt themselves near the top. 
this is what if Kansas City loses though? You know, You're like, right. The, the number two, they're that's why I think they're flimsy enough to where you can't have them in the top five teams right now in the NFL. You got to show me something. You got to show me you can play offense and defense in this league. If you beat a good team like the Buffalo Bills, who are my number two team in the league right now, uh, that that would be saying something. And they absolutely can. And they're at home and they're favored by two and a half points which is why I think a better team on the road is going to keep it closer than those two and a half points. And I'm taking the bills here and I've got to take those points. Uh, me too. Uh, the chief's defense is far and away the worst of the four units, you know, like yes, Chiefs offense might be number one in the league. Their defense might be 32. I mean, and Buffalo is probably top five in offense and defense, but man, I mean, putting my money against Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes on Sunday night with every eye in America watching in Kansas City after watching how the playoff game went between these two last year and Kansas City's in a tough spot. Can they, you know, afford to fall to two and three in their division? I mean, I think you're going to get the best you can get out of Pat Mahomes, which in a it is scary for me to put my money on the bills, but I'm still going to do it because I think they're more balanced. Boy, it's going to be good. Oh, it's going to be That's fun. That's a great game. Yeah, I can't wait for that one. That's going to be a whole lot of fun on Sunday night football. 56 and a half, uh, maybe the over on this one? Yes. Yeah. I meant to say that too. Okay. Yep. First one to 40. Yeah, exactly. 40-39, 41-40, yeah, something like that. Maybe 37-36 uh, yeah. potentially. Something something in that range is what I'm expecting out of this football game on, uh, on Sunday night. Who are you night picking football. to win, though? I think I'll take the Bills to win. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's only two and a half points, so if I'm going yeah. to give up those points, or if I'm going to take those points, I might as well just take the Bills straight up to win, too. Yeah. They're just playing better. Couple. They're playing better. They're right. just playing better. Yeah. Their defense is good. That can change very quickly in this league, Matt, they as we know. Quick. How about Monday Night Football? The Ravens at home at 3-1, and hosting the 1-3 and Colts. Another seven-point line here. Baltimore favored by a touchdown. I'm going to lay the points. Colts return home to Baltimore. How about that? Another revenge mm, game. Revenge <laughs> game. Not, not, as, uh, not as vengeful as that franchise. Khalil Mack revenge game. Yeah, franchise revenge game. Um, I think Lamar is playing extremely well. I think the Ravens are starting to figure it out and get over some of their injuries and things that they hadn't planned on and getting guys like Bateman back and settling on a running back. And the defense has been quite good and really wiped the floor with Denver last week. And I just think the Colts are not to that point yet. I mean, I think this organization in a month might have figured things out and got over their injuries and the things they didn't expect to deal with. But right now, I think they're still struggling to put that together and everyone thinks Carson Wentz has been terrible. He hasn't been that bad, but he's, if he has to get in Superman mode, I could see this one being a couple picks for Carson. I hate this one. I hate the line here. Um, I know. I hope it'd be like, because I haven't been a huge believer in the Ravens, but they've proved me wrong, you know, rattling off three straight after that opening game loss to the Raiders. Uh, they've, they've kept things Low scoring. They've kept things very raveny. Uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, putting the world on his shoulders, making a lot of plays. I'm worried about him late in the season being healthy enough to carry this team into the playoffs. But right now they're playing a winning brand of football uh, as they have 
since Harbaugh took that team over for a very long time now. And and the Colts are just a team that it's hard to bet on on the road. You know, maybe you could do a home dog situation if there was a big line against the Ravens here. But uh, I'm just going to give up those points and take the Ravens because they're a better football team. Yeah, and, and that's going to be another. We just mentioned Kansas City night game, Baltimore night game. That's going to be a tough place to play. I will say that a lower scoring affair here, the seven points is harder than, say, that Cowboys game, right, that I was talking about where there's a lot of points scoring. I think they can score a touchdown like nothing in that game. I think it'll be harder to come by points, so it makes it more difficult for me to to give up that many points in in a game where, you know, uh, the Ravens could play really well and win it seemingly easily, but only win by six. Yeah, the more you talk talk about that, I'm thinking. (laughs) I'm talking myself out of yeah, Colts are fast. They'll keep everything in front of them. You know, a lot of four, five, six-yard gains, but not Marquise Brown over the top and, you know, run away with things. Colts aren't Maybe as bad can... as they've looked, right? On paper, at least. They they, they can play right. defense. They've got an offensive line. Yeah, it's kind of hurt, though. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to go with the Ravens with a chance on Monday. I change my mind with the spread. But I'm, I'm going right. to lay the points here in Baltimore. In Baltimore Park, just keep sticking with me. <laughs> I think Wentz is due for a mistake or two. Yeah, the yep. Just give me the good team here, and and I'm not putting my real money on that one at all. All right, no. good stuff. It's going to be an awesome week five. I can't wait for it. Matt and I will be back Monday breaking everything down that we saw on Sunday. Thanks for making us your first listen right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Talk to you then. Peacock and Williamson.